I definitely think 2024 is going to be the year of regulation for AI and, and specifically AI within the higher education context. Um, I think a lot of the, the hesitations and the concerns that we see in the academic world are really tied to data privacy and copyright infringement and some of those ethical considerations of AI. And I think that is an area, my prediction anyway, is that we will see the government taking more of a hard line on regulation. Um, we'll see companies taking more vocal approaches to governance of how they're using AI. We'll see content creators um, being able to take better ownership of their creative works versus having everything kind of automatically included in these learning models for AI. And I think that will change the game a little bit. I'm, I'm hopeful that that's going to open up um, more openness with maybe some of the holdouts uh, or people who are skeptical about AI. Welcome to the AI Equation podcast, where we explore the dynamic interplay between artificial intelligence and business success. I'm your host, Alex, and today we're diving into the world of AI in education with our special guest, Sarah Russell. She's the Vice President of Marketing at Education Dynamics. Sarah is a passionate advocate for integrating AI in education and shaping how institutions communicate and engage with students. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Hi, Alex, and hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So tell tell me, when did you start to uh, play with AI? Was this, did, did it take place at Education Dynamics or did you start to play with it when, you know, maybe before, as a marketer, I know you probably were using it with uh, what used to be Jarvis then, or was Jasper then became J Jarvis. There were, you know, for more of most marketers, um, AI has been, we've been using it for so long. Um, so so tell us about your journey. Yes, absolutely. And and you are right. Um, we have been using it for a long time at, at Education Dynamics and, and with my marketing career. We didn't really think about it as AI at the time, um, but my team and I have been experimenting with AI and its intersection with marketing within the ad platforms for several years. So Google and Facebook have been utilizing some form of performance optimization for their ad products um, really for several years now. And I've had this insight into seeing the performance impact that AI powered marketing can really have when you're utilizing the correct data inputs and parameters and guardrails. Um, and so this move into generative AI really in the last year or so has felt very natural and has kind of felt like an extension of what we in the marketing world have been doing for a long time. I'm so excited for, you know, the role of AI, you know, in, in education, because um, we, we've been using it with our kids too, um, with platforms like Khan Academy with Conmigo. And so I, I think, it, you know, whether it's K through 12 or higher learning, there are so many opportunities um, to improve everyone's experience. So talk to us about that role and share some insights on how AI is currently transforming the education industry. Yes, absolutely. So I feel like I'm in a pretty unique spot because I am a marketer. I work at an advertising agency, um, but we work exclusively with colleges and universities. So I kind of straddle this line between the marketing world and the higher education world. And I have to be honest, there's some pretty 
stark differences in what I would consider the adoption and the excitement level around AI in those two different worlds. So as I kind of mentioned, marketers, I think in general are more more savvy and more comfortable with AI, not as afraid of it. They see it as a tool to be able to help them do things better or faster or more effectively. But on the higher education side of things, I definitely see more resistance and uncertainty and um, maybe a, a lack of that same excitement level for the ways in which AI is transforming the space. I think marketers in general are very excited about those changes, whereas educators see disruption to how they evaluate students' understanding of the topics. Um, if ChatGPT can write an essay that's better than something that a student would write, how do you really flip that education model and evaluate the ways in which students are retaining this information? Um, but I have heard some voices in in higher education that are AI proponents, and those are the ones that are really exciting to me um, because I am very much a believer that students are gonna need these skills. They're gonna mm -hmm. need to know how to use these tools. They're gonna need to know how to use AI ethically um, and well to get good outcomes. And so being able to integrate that into coursework is in my view, very much the way of the future. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the resistance. I, I agree with you. I've been to so many AI conferences in the past year um, and you get that hesitation, different industries that are you know, late to the game, so to speak, or they're thinking, as you said, the regulation, the ethical side of things. But what are some common hesitations and obstacles that you've encountered in advocating for AI in education? And, and if you have an example, how have you addressed it with some of those um, institutions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think that there is this pervasive idea of using AI is cheating for mm. students. And, and that's where I really, as much as I can, try to plug in with our partners and help them understand that it shouldn't be viewed as a cheat, but we should be setting up the framework of how we are educating students that AI is additive and that you can, um, I, a really great example that I've heard um, is actually asking your students to have AI critique their work, you know, mm. critique this as if you were Albert Einstein or critique this as if you were Virginia Woolf, if it's a creative writing course. And that can be really valuable and, and a way of actually supplementing um, the professors and the teachers in a way that I think they don't always consider when they're just viewing it as a hard line of any use of AI is cheating. Um, I will also say, even though generally speaking on the marketing side, there's been a higher adoption and, and excitement about AI and less resistance. I don't think that that's necessarily universally true um, because there are certainly within the creative field, probably more skeptics than there are in the technology part of, of marketing or in the media part of marketing. Um, because I think that does come from a fear of, well, if AI can write this content, if AI can design this landing page, where does that leave me? Um, but in those cases, and even on my own team, when when those fears have come up, I've really tried to counsel everyone that you're not competing with AI for your job, but there will be a point in time when you're competing with someone who knows how to use AI. 
for your job or for your next step or whatever that is. And I want to make sure that I'm building the skill sets in my team and I'm empowering the schools that we work with that whether you're a marketer who needs to be prepared to compete with somebody who knows how to use these tools or whether you're a school who needs to be prepared to compete with schools who are using these tools, this is really the way that the industry is moving. And to to be reluctant, to be hesitant is really just putting yourself um, kind of a few feet behind everybody else. I agree. In in terms of you, you talked about um, humanizing and some of the work that I've seen you uh, uh, cover. Talk about humanizing communication and in uh, thinking about marketing and that student journey, as as we would call a customer journey. Um, when you're doing the marketing, advertising, doing the outreach there, how do you humanize that experience, that communication from the student? wherever they're finding the program they're looking for, and then making that connection to that college, university, or institution, and the admissions person and all the different people. I mean, there's a lot of different stakeholders, and you're sort of orchestrating that entire experience. We know from, obviously, in marketing, it's been years since automation has been around, you know. Um, So how do you humanize that communication, enhance it so that it doesn't feel like it's just an AI chatbot doing the whole thing? Yes, um, that's a really great question. And I think there's two different ways that I think about it. I think, first of all, there are points in time for every customer journey, and the student journey is really no different, where someone is more comfortable actually talking to a chatbot and knowing that it's a chatbot, not trying to disguise it as um, giving your chatbot a name, like, hey, it's me, Linda, but we all know it's a chatbot. Um, there's actually points in time where that interaction is expected and supported. Um, and I think that that is something that Amazon does really well. I always use Amazon as an example of um, who's doing that well. Anytime I have a return, I don't necessarily want to talk to a human person and give them a whole rig of morale. I just, here's my return and will you take it? And they say, yes. And then I drop it off at the store. And like that type of interaction that's more transactional can actually be really additive um, with AI. So applying that to the student journey, really recognizing those points in time, whether it's when someone's on a website and trying to find specific information or um, they want to know something really transactional like the start date of a program, I would say it's okay to lean into the more robotic aspects of that in that instance. Mm -hmm. However, along the student journey, there are other times where that type of interaction doesn't cut it and that would seem really cold and not as humanized. Um, So being able to recognize those points of the student journey where you need to plug in a more humanized version or you actually need to plug in a human is, is a really important thing to be able to differentiate. And then I also think it's really important as kind of the second way I would approach this is how do we really utilize AI as our first draft and then plug in the humans later down to to add in the things that AI doesn't um, do as well. So if, especially when we're talking about higher education, there's always the fear of the sea of sameness. every school is kind of talking about the same thing in different ways. And 
if they're all using AI to talk about really similar programs and similar value props, then are we going to just have this muck of the same thing that was written by a chatbot and it's not bringing any value to students? So the human element is still so critical in leveraging AI for efficiency, but taking that first draft and really making it specific to a, a school or a program or a, a point in the consumer journey. In, in terms of the going beyond that communication down the path of the student journey there, when, when you're thinking about using AI in the enrollment process, can you elaborate on the benefits, maybe benefits and challenges mm -hmm. um, in integrating AI in the enrollment process. So this is now they're, they, they're in the application pro side of, and I'm saying this even thinking about um, my nephew who started college this year, you know, I was really intrigued to see what the process was with different colleges. Um, and, and there's no one standard way of doing it. And I agree with you that some colleges stand out from others in the way that they do the whole process. Um, but in using AI in that enrollment process, how much involvement do you have with schools? Are you helping them? What kind of benefits or challenges do you see? Yeah, so at Education Dynamics, in addition to our marketing functions, we do have enrollment management support. And so some of our partnerships, we do both. Some we do oh, marketing, wow. some we do enrollment. So we've seen a couple of different um, ways that this can go and, and ways that we can plug in. But I think the most successful way to integrate AI into that enrollment process is to be winning at responsiveness. So, so often we see that if a, a student is reaching out to a couple of different schools, they're considering a few different schools, the one that is the most responsive to them and meets them where they are the best is the one that they will end up feeling the most connection with and that is the best fit for them. So being able to rely on AI for that, that speed and in interaction, being able to contact them, being responsive to them, even if they're reaching out in the middle of the night or whatever their schedule allows, can be a really great way to leverage AI in that environment in a way that you couldn't do if you were entirely human dependent. Um, and then again, it's really about that humanization of the process. So even if AI is responding to prospective students' questions or um, concerns at off hours, there's also the understanding of when do I plug in a human? When is this need, does this need to be a one-to-one -one conversation um, and leveraging your human capital for that purpose? So I think that's where we see the, mm. the best integration of, of AI and humans is filling in those administrative tasks or those off hours tasks with AI and then having humans support when the conversation needs to be more engaging, more one-to-one, uh, -one, more emotional. Yeah, that, that makes to total sense, you know, in that that personal touch once they're in there and whether it's the admissions person or a career counselor, whoever it is at the college, um, that personal touch makes a big difference, whether it's um, virtual or a tour um, at the school, you know, and I, again, have seen those differences between one school and the other in that whole process and you're thinking wow somebody someone really thought it out you know just not beyond just giving them a a kit or a package with a shirt or some 
right. school, you know, you know, tchotchkes and things like that. Um, but it's just the way that they they go about it. Whereas I saw other situations where it was just a numbers game, right? And you're going, wow, you know, that's uh, uh, it, it, even in some instances, I could have imagined um, having watched my nephew go through that process. I could have seen where there were opportunities for actually AI to enhance the process, but because the school wasn't um, using AI at all um, and didn't have that special like personal touch, mm-hmm. kind of just left you feeling like, all right, you know, it just, right. it's a business. And yeah, and that filters down, like students can sense that. They can sense when they're just a number or a cog in a machine, or they don't feel like they're uniquely important to that individual enrollment counselor or whoever that is. Like, that's, that comes across pretty clearly. So that is, um, I don't know if a danger or at least a consideration if you are using AI that you are humanizing it where you can. So to your point, it's additive, it's bringing value to the conversation with that student. Um, and it doesn't make them feel like they aren't important or it's, it's not, um, important to the school, what happens with them. Now, in terms of like big picture, the future of AI in education, again, things are moving so fast. So the future is tomorrow, right? In AI, what what are some of maybe the trends or predictions that you have in in terms of student engagement and learning outcomes um, mm-hmm. that you're seeing from the universities? I definitely think 2024 is going to be the year of regulation for mm-hmm. AI and and specifically AI within the higher education context. Um, I think a lot of the the hesitations and the concerns that we see in the academic world are really tied to data privacy and copyright infringement and some of those ethical considerations of AI. And I think that is an area, my prediction anyway, is that we will see the government taking more of a hard line on regulation. Um, We'll see companies taking more vocal approaches to governance of how they're using AI. We'll see content creators um, being able to take better ownership of their creative works versus having everything kind of automatically included in these learning models for AI. And I think that will change the game a little bit. I'm I'm hopeful that that's going to open up um, more openness with maybe some of the holdouts uh, or people who are skeptical about AI if they feel like it's more controlled and more regulated. But I also hope that it doesn't go so far that I think the danger of regulation is that it stifles the innovation Mm -hmm. and the speed at which we um, are seeing improvements in these AI tools. So my hope, my Pollyanna vision is that we see a nice balance there of of regulation and making people feel that this is safe and and something that they are comfortable with without stifling any of the innovation of the AI creators. That's great. I think one innovation that's really been around for quite a while, even before AI exploded last year, kind of hand in hand with marketing automation, email marketing, um, was the ability to to uh, deploy chat, right? Um, I remember, I think it was 2018, I was at the, an IBM show and they were talking about their integration and their chat bots um, was called Einstein, Salesforce's Einstein and, and working with IBM. I mean, they had the ability to have a call center rep take in calls and um, the chat bot be able to 
you know, one person can control three, four conversations simultaneously and just kind of jump in there when, when you needed that human touch, you know? So in terms of chat and what you're seeing with the different schools you guys are working with and, and what education dynamics uses, what, what kind of use cases are there in, in the, in that specific function of AI, which is a chat feature, um, maybe not just on the website, but maybe even on social media. Absolutely. I think that there is a lot of use case for that and a growing use case for that because maybe several years ago, you didn't have as much resistance with prospective students to talk on the phone. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of these enrollment conversations could happen 100% on the phone with an enrollment counselor, and that was absolutely okay and maybe even expected. Mm -hmm. But as students have gotten more comfortable with chatbots in various places in their lives, it's definitely natural that they see that as part of their enrollment and education journey as well. So we see a lot more um, diversification of these contact methods whenever we are working with our partners to help with their enrollment coaching, um, where instead of just being phone calls now, it's a mixture of phone calls and SMS and chat bots or, or live chat um, and even things like ringless voicemail and um, all these different ways to get in touch with students that are maybe lower barrier than a phone call. I'm a millennial. I don't answer my phone if it's not a number I recognize. Um, and I think that that's pretty common. So being able to give students options for how they interact with a school, whether that is a, a live chat or a chat bot on the website, whether it's messaging through social media, or even if it's requesting um, communication via SMS or email for their enrollment conversations and being able to leverage that across the entire student journey is absolutely important and being able to do it effectively. Because I think we've all been in a, a chat bot environment where it's very circular, like there's this very limited conversation tree that you can have. And once you exhaust that, it, it feels very frustrating. So being able to use it in a way that's very intuitive for how students want to want to get in touch, I think is important. Absolutely. Well, before we close out today's episode, I'd love to hear about your own personal use of AI, whether it be ChatGPT or some other AI app. What's a cool use case that you've you've adopted maybe or tried out uh, in everyday life? Um, yeah, I actually will start by saying, even though I am very much an AI evangelist today, it hasn't always been that way. Um, and one of my earliest, I think, introductions or, or press coverage of AI that I paid attention to um, was back in the summer of 2022, John Oliver did a segment on mid-journey and AI-generated images. And I thought it was such a joke. And it was, I mean, it was set up to be humorous. And they had all of these images of John Oliver and these AI generated images of like him marrying a head of cabbage. It's a pretty good segment. You guys should look it up if you haven't seen it. Um, but it had this overall vibe of just being almost ridiculous and silly and unserious. Um, and at that point in time, I thought to myself, like, there's no way I'm ever going to use Midjourney or any of these image generators. This is a joke. It's not real. Um, and then just a couple months later, OpenAI releases ChatGPT, and it was just this huge shift for me um, and this huge 
worldview change. Um, so since that time, I've been a ChatGPT proponent. I love ChatGPT, and I'm especially so excited that they recently um, released this custom GPT functionality. If you're yes. a pro user, you can create these very targeted, very specific environments. And that's been huge for us as a marketing agency that supports many different clients in many different ways, being able to create almost these enclosed environments for individual clients, um, whether that is for content generation um, or even being able to brainstorm ideas and, and ways that we can iterate on their marketing strategy or, or solve a complex problem that is specific to them, you can train this model um, in a really targeted way for a specific client. That's been that's been something that's so exciting for us that we've started playing with. Um, and one of my favorite things is is really taking that chat GPT functionality. It's, a, it's very easy to use, but you're creating this custom chat bot for an individual client or circumstance. Um, I'm a big fan of that. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thanks again for your incredible insights on the role of AI in education. Um, clearly, what you guys are doing at Education Dynamics is innovative, and it, it, I, I love to have these conversations across different industries, and, and really so that our listeners can understand that, you know, it it is, yes, in your case, a marketing agency, specifically in the education um, industry, but week in, week out, we cover different industries and different use cases. And I just love it that so many companies have adopted this new AI strategy, because ultimately, if you set aside the ethical and all the other stuff that we're gonna worry about anyways, at the end of the day, it's, it's gonna make our lives, hopefully, easier and give people more opportunity and especially in education which is why i was excited to have you here is i think the democratization of education for really anyone so thanks again for being on the podcast thank you alex it was really great to be here all right everybody thanks for listening to the AI podcast make sure you subscribe check out sarah and her company education dynamics you can check them out on linkedin or or on the web and until next time, keep, keep exploring the AI equation.